Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. I apologize for that. I recorded uh, some like a rap, a stupid rap that I did for my YouTube channel. And I guess I got the bug a little bit. So I was just playing around. Didn't really know how to start this one. So I was screwing around and not sure if I'm going to leave it in or not, but we'll see if you're listening to this, then that means that I left it in and I'm sorry for that. (laughs) Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the living artist and let's jump right into it. So today I wanted to talk about, are you ready for a gallery? Are you ready to be represented by a gallery? Are you ready to show your work uh, in a gallery consistently? You know, there's one school of thought that's like, yeah, sure. I mean, Art is subjective, right? Everybody could be ready. Why not just launch out there and and see what you can get into? I think that's valid. I think there's a lot of people who do that. I did that. I mean, I thought I was ready. I've had many stages of readiness or of thinking that I was ready. And then looking back on it uh, after years down the road, I kind of was like, oh, wow, I wasn't really quite ready. But I think we also have to have that confidence a little bit just to push ourselves out there and to try new things because without that you're never really going to accomplish anything, right? But I think once you really get to that level of readiness, it's like once you're looking back a few years in the past, like four or five years in the past, and you're still looking at your work and going, oh, okay, this is still, this still holds up. I'm still happy about this. Or even, wow, I need to get back to this. I need to revisit this. I think that means that you're kind of, you hit that level where you're you're cranking out the consistency. So I think that's one marker that you're kind of ready to be hanging with the big kids and showing your work. But at the same time, I mean, how do you know until you get out there, get some experiences and figure it out for yourself? I know that's kind of contradictory, but just something to think about. I know when I first started out, when I came down to LA, I had been painting for a while with my professor at school. I was actually awarded the Krellsheimer assistantship at Gonzaga and I worked with my mentor, Robert Gilmore, for a year after school, and it was kind of a prestigious thing. And I I took it that, you know, I was on the right path and I kind of soaked up everything. And by the time I got down to L.A., you know, I already had somewhat of a body of work. I had probably 50, 60 paintings under my belt. I thought like, (laughs) as you do when you're starting out, when you come down to the big city or whatever, or just try to get into the game and you're young, I was like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to light this shit up. And 
I was working at a restaurant and I started doing that and I had some people who liked my work and that's great. And actually some of the pieces that I created back then I'm I still proud of, but there's they were very inconsistent. The quality was inconsistent. But I had a manager at the time who commissioned me to do a couple pieces. And she actually had a friend, a gallery owner friend, who I to this day I can't remember which gallery this was, but it was somewhere in West LA. And they came in and looked at my work and my portfolio, my website at the time, which was kind of a joke. This was like 2002, you know, it was something that I scraped together and was really horrible. But they said, you know what? He's not ready yet. And how how old is he? How many times, you know, how many paintings has he painted? I think he just said, how old is he? And she said, oh, he's 23, 24. The gallery owner was like, oh, he hasn't even found himself yet. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, that's really condescending hasn't found himself yet. Who are you to say that to me? To pass you don't know what, where I come from. You don't know my experiences. You don't know what I've suffered, what I've, you know, my hopes and dreams, how long I've been like honing my skills. But I hate to say it, but looking back, I actually tend to agree with this person more and more as time passes. And it wasn't necessarily negative. It was just, yeah, okay. Talk to me when you've done a hundred more paintings. Uh, talk to me when you developed your voice a little bit more, when you struggled a bit, maybe suffered a bit for your work, developed a little bit of a consistent voice. That is very valid. Now, I'm not saying you can't have that at that age. I, d- I definitely had like a, a start of a voice for my pop surrealist work, but it was also kind of mixed in with some abstract attempts and, you know, some old still lives from a college that I did, a couple of portraits that I set up. So it was just kind of inconsistent. And I think that's what this person was saying. And you know what? Also, it gave me the fire. It it threw some fuel on the fire for me to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to show this person. And then I went back into the studio and cranked out a few hundred more, you know, in the next couple of years. So I think that stuff is very necessary to um, develop the drive and to kind of push you to keep going forward. But also, I'm not saying that you can't be a younger person, like maybe you've been painting your whole life. Maybe you've been painting since you were five years old. Maybe you were a child prodigy. Maybe by the time you're 23 or 24, you have developed a very consistent, unique voice with your work. Something that's recognizable, something that's consistent, something that's consistently powerful. And if that's the case, then great, more power to you. At the time, for me at least, I was still um, figuring it out a little bit. So basically, I think it is a little bit case specific. It depends on who you are, uh, how long you've been doing it, how much you've kind of struggled to develop your voice and for how long. But one thing I do know is it's important to fall on your face a couple of times, right? Get out there, trip and fall. I know I used to go down to Gallery Row in, in Culver City when that whole little block and a half or two blocks of major contender galleries popped up, the ones that rivaled New York at the time. It was like the West Coast leg. I was going to say the West Coast feed, but the West Coast leg of the galleries that were hitting it and killing it in New York. And I remember sometimes in my days off, I would just go down there with my portfolio and walk into galleries and just with that kind of bravado, not like I'd go in and be like, hey, you need to check me out. Check me out, yo. No, I was like, just came in with my portfolio and it took a lot of guts. I was nervous, you know. Sometimes I came in normally dressed. I remember one time I came in in a suit. <laughs> I don't know how that looked to them. But uh, sometimes I came in my flip-flops and shorts, like who gives a fuck, right? Seeing which thing worked. But I would come in with a portfolio 
And sometimes you hit interns and sometimes you hit like gallery owners. I had a couple really nice people basically say, thank you. No, but essentially you're not there yet. Some people said, I like your work. It doesn't fit with this gallery. I remember hitting one gallery that was a bunch of interns in the back. And I came up to him and I said, and I was green at the time, but I came up and I said, so I, yeah, I was just wondering if your gallery um, accepts portfolios from emerging artists. And they were kind of like, um, no, thank you very much though. And I remember just this arrogance or condescension, you know, I remember turning and walking towards the door like, oh, okay, you don't have to say it like that. And they were, they were giggling, giggling as I walked out the door. Like it's not hard enough to break into the art world already without people like that. But anyway, it makes for a good story. If you haven't been turned down 50, 60, 100, 200. I mean, man, at this, at this point in my career, I've, I must have been turned down in the hundreds, like three, four, five hundred times by galleries, shows, residencies, you name it, whatever, competitions. I've also been accepted to a lot of things too. But I think those rejections help you grow a thick skin. Now, I already had that experience too with acting a little bit. I first came down here and I was doing acting and, and painting at the same time. So I got double the rejection, <laughs> double your rejection, double your fun. Yeah. So I developed a pretty thick skin pretty quickly because of those things. And it just, it does one of two things to you. It sends you packing with your tail between your legs, or it kind of hardens you up and throws fuel in the fire. makes you go, you know what? I'm going to show all these people. I'm going to come back better, stronger, and they'll see. And, you know, maybe you'd never see these people again, but it does force you to develop your skills. So I think on that level alone, it is very useful to go out and throw yourself at some galleries. As long as you're not, you know, going in with a horrible attitude or misrepresenting yourself or trying to be something you're not, I think it's very valuable and valid to go into these galleries. Now, I know a lot of them will say we don't accept unsolicited material. That's true. I mean, I some of those do that to weed out people. So I think you can kind of do your own research on that. A lot of times I will just submit, especially nowadays, just submit online, right? Follow their procedure. There's a lot of galleries now that have a submission process and you just follow that to a T and you try to like stand out a little bit with your work, put your little stamp on it. Always be polite. At the same time, you know, you never know what what's going to stand out to people, but I'm always polite. I always show my work, my portfolio, I follow the rules. And if you're rejected, just come back six months from then and try it again. On the flip side of that, one of the things I decided to do after a while, now I've been, over the course of my career, I've been represented by, I don't know, about five galleries or so. One in Colorado, one downtown LA. I was represented by a, a group in Miami. I've also had representation from an art artist management service. And now with Shockbox, which I love, I, I feel like I found a really good fit with Shockbox. And that's the thing that I'm, trying to say is that basically a lot of artists find that or they think that you know you find that gallery and it's going to fix everything it's going to be the answer to all your prayers and you're going to be airborne you know after that point everything's going to just be kind of roses after that well that's not always the truth sometimes you get into a gallery and you don't perform well or they don't know how to sell you or you name it like you get buried in a roster and maybe the gallery is just simply kind of green themselves and doesn't know what they, they're doing, or they have a very limited uh, list of clientele that they go to. I mean, you want to obviously get to the blue chip galleries, right? But that's very difficult to do. 
I actually, for a while, kind of gave up. I just decided, you know what? I'm going to focus on my art. I'm going to focus on the things that I'm doing. I'm going to focus online and I'm going to build myself up and get to a point like Steve Martin says in his book, become so good that they can't ignore you. So that was my philosophy for a while. I just kind of took matters into my own hands and developed my body work, developed my skill, developed my voice, did things my own way, and then just kind of decided that, hey, at some point, people are going to start taking notice of me. And then after a while, I was getting some some calls. I was getting some hits on my website. I was getting some people offering me some gigs here and there, shows. I had an interesting opportunity in Vegas that I was going to do. I was going to do like a little mini residency for this trade show. And it fell through for different reasons because I didn't like the terms. But, you know, the point is, is these things started happening to me. And then you start balancing that out with your online stuff and your sales. And then pretty soon, you know, you get back into the gallery game with some uh, wind in your sails and go, hey, this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been up to. This is my work. This is my body work. These are the shows I've been at. This is my resume now, essentially. And I think you have a much better chance at that point of them taking you seriously. It's kind of like that catch 22 or paradox, like almost like when you're an actor, for example, same with being an artist, you can't get an agent unless you have work, right? If you've already been in like commercials and been in some short films or some episodics, you can't get an agent unless you have some of that stuff on your resume and you can't get those things unless you have an agent. So there's the catch 22, right? It's similar in the art world. I don't think it's exactly the same, but yeah, I mean, you want to get represented by a gallery, but they want to see your work. They want to see what else you've done, but you can't show them a lot of high profile gigs that you've done unless you have some sort of representation. Not 100%, but you get what I'm saying. So the point is, I think you just have to do some trial and error. Like I said, develop the body work. Some shows will come. Do some smaller shows. Do some pop-up shows. Like Pancakes and Booze is a good one to do if you're in LA. I think they travel now too, but look for some stuff like that. Do some of these. There's been a lot of really good artists who've come through those. And that's a good way to get your art seen, build up some shows, and then start going for the more high-caliber stuff. Now, look, that's still not an end-all, be-all either, getting into the big galleries. I think for some people that works really well, and for other people it doesn't. Ideally, you want to balance of both. Like I, I feel very happy and fortunate right now to have a great gallery that I fit in with, that respects me, I respect them, that we're kind of growing together with Shockbox in Hermosa Beach. That's a great spot to be at. Now, sometimes it just takes some time for you to find that place, that right fit for you. But in the meantime, the beauty about being an artist as opposed to being an actor is you can always work as an artist. You know what I mean? You just get in the studio and you create as an actor, you're waiting for the phone to ring all the time to get you that gig. I need this gig. I need to be able to, you know, get my reel going. I can't get my reel going without getting a gig. It's like the whole business is a catch 22. At least with being an artist, you can always develop your body work and always go back to the drawing board, back to the lab again. So that's very important to do. You know, to have that mindset, like Morrissey says, you just haven't earned it yet, baby. And you will. So just have that kind of confidence with your work. Now, obviously, referrals might be the best way to do it. Having somebody else who's doing well in the art world or doing well with a gallery vouch for you, right? That's big. Now, I know the art world can be competitive. And I know a lot of people are hesitant to vouch for other artists, which I think is a bunch of BS. But yeah, if you have good friends, if you've developed a good group of people in the art world or people that at least have mutual respect, 
then yeah, referrals are by far one of the best ways to go because it's your in. And that is also, I hate to keep making a parallel to the acting world, but that's very similar to the acting world. Knowing somebody that's like, I don't know, 95% of it in the acting world. I don't think it's quite that high in the art world, but it definitely helps. So it's just a lesson in developing good relationships with people too. I know that's hard. I know that was hard for me to come out of my shell and be like, you know what? I'm not just the artist in the studio. I'm also the person who is visible at shows, uh, who talks to people, who's developed some sort of a camaraderie with other artists. That's important. So develop those things. But in the meantime, you know what? I found a lot of power in surrender. Uh, I found that when I stopped caring so much or stopped just focusing on one thing, like, oh my God, I got to get a gallery, got to get a gallery, got to get a gallery. That was, say that 20 times, got to get it, got to get it, got to Once I stopped focusing on that so much and having that be my end all be all, it was like, not only did I relax, but things just kind of naturally opened up for me. And yes, I am going to draw one more parallel to the acting world. When I was acting, the times that I always booked gigs, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it's relevant enough to mention again, the times that I booked gigs the most frequently and the quickest without a callback even sometimes was when I came into the audition like hungover. <laughs> now, I'm not saying like develop a huge drinking habit, but my point is, is that I came in and I was focusing on something else. I was focusing on feeling better or I didn't feel well. I almost didn't even care about the audition. I just went in and I was like, I guess I was just more real. I, I, I didn't have any pretense. I was just coming in and just doing the lines the way I would naturally do them without thinking about or caring about what the director or the casting agents thought. So that's powerful, you know, and I think you can do that in the art world too. Focus on what you're doing. Just keep your head down and believe in what you're doing. And some of that will come. Now, I'm not saying, you know, sit back, rest on your laurels and don't do any work. Do the work. But it's like this complete balance of doing the work and letting go. Do the work, let go. Do the work, let go. I feel like Mr. Miyagi. I've been watching a lot of uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai with my wife. So if you haven't seen that, check it out. I just stay focused. Yeah, just be, be balanced. Show me paint the fence. Show me wax the floor. <laughs> If you haven't seen The Karate Kid, you're going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? But anyway, yes, balance is important in everything. So hopefully these tips and observations are valuable on some level. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff takes time. But I think once you look back on it after you know taking some of this advice or building the body of work and doing the trial and error, falling flat on your face, getting back up, doing it over and over again, developing some of these things, some of these skills and habits, camaraderie with other artists and some sort of a feeling of a community and developing your voice, all those things, all those things when they come together will be very powerful. And I think you'll look back and go, you know what? I wouldn't have had it any other way. Nobody really wants the fast track to success where they can't back it up, right? Like, oh, I, yeah, somebody discovered me and, and uh, I hit it big. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now keep doing it. Uh, uh, well, I haven't developed those skills. So I've always thought of art and success in the art world as a long game. And believe me, I'm still doing it. I've been making a living as an artist for over four years now or four years now. And before that, I was I was half making a living as an artist. But 
I still think there's lots of room to go and lots of room for improvement. And I know that I can continue to grow. So having that attitude is very healthy that you're, you're doing well, you're grateful, you have a little bit of the fire in the belly and you know that you can constantly improve. Get out there and, and, you know, approach some galleries, whether that's online or on foot, pound of the pavement. I know it's a little tough right now. We're kind of coming in and out of quarantine a little bit, but maybe hold off on the pounding the pavement for right now and just do some of the online stuff. Now's a great time to develop your online portfolio skills, uh, your approach to a gallery through email, through their own submission process online. Now is a great time to perfect that. So get on it and good luck. Good night and good luck. If you have any questions, reach out to me. If you have any observations, reach out to me. If you don't want me to do any stupid rap things at the beginning again, uh, don't worry, because I probably won't. Everybody stay safe, be well, stay creative, and we'll see you back here next time. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.